and I have it. No one signed it. No one did anything crazy because that is my flag. Yeah. And I will carry that to the day I die. And then the United States government will give my wife and my children another flag in my stead. Jeep Talk Show, the official podcast of Toledo Jeep Fest. Toledo Jeep Fest coming up the weekend of August 12th. This is a great Jeep event that you don't want to miss. Go to ToledoJeepFest.com for more information. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. The Jeep Talk Show, the official Jeep podcast of Mr. Vanderquack. Quack. Come on, guys. <laughs> Keep listening for weekly updates. Yeah, about Mr. Vanderquack Quack and his quack. mission to help the children at St. Jude. Go to Mr. Vanderquack Quack.com. Quack. That's M R Vanderquack Quack Quack. No, Josh. Dot com. <laughs> Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show. With Wimby. There will be body damage. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Hey, Nexon Tire USA, we got you. Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator and my Jeep and Josh's soon-to-get-fixed Jeep, the <laughs> Nexon Tire Rodian MTX at NexonTireUSA.com. Love them, Nexon Tires. Well, they did great at the off-road event. Uh, Josh, how was it uh, wheeling with the uh, the Nexon Tires on the 2021 uh, Jeep Talk Show Gladiator? Could you tell it when I you were driving? I not I didn't get to drive this time. <laughs> what? He didn't yeah, let you drive? That's not was right. Bogus. Garting the wheel you the told me time, you so. told me you were going to let that go you were going to drop that but no, no. i guess not <laughs> well, darn it time that he ripped deep i wouldn't give him the driver's seat either <laughs> honestly uh, you, oh, there's chuck I mean, he, over there. he brought he brought four jeeps didn't even let me drive one. Oh well that's just common sense you know, it doesn't, it's well, especially panel. after damaging the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator steering you. stabilizer. Oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> Which still hasn't Hi. been fixed. We should have, I should have brought a stabilizer out there. I got some video of you fixing your damage. <clears throat> you know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Chuck, Wendy, Josh, and myself are here to in- inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Steering stabilizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's people out there that haven't listened in a long time. They're hearing this and they're going, my God, what? Tony went off-road? Josh was off-road? Where's Wendy? <laughs> She's already off-road. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chuck was there at the, at the event, too. Drove all the way down from uh, Kansas, 18-wheeler, a whole, uh, this stuff, a, a whole bunch of stuff. And he came down uh, on one condition, that he'd be a host on the show. So there we go. Yeah. And I only had to pay a little bit to do this. <laughs> to do it? <laughs> it nice. Free beer for everyone. <laughs> well, how are we doing, Jeeper? I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, well, Jeep just trademarked something that we need to talk about. Oh, and no. it's time once again to celebrate how the Wrangler is beating up the Prius. I've also got oh. the latest numbers, and it's, well, it's almost embarrassing. And stick around. Here in a few, I've got an all-new must-have pick of the week for your Jeep. Hey, howdy, it's Wendy, and I'm continuing my three-part series on using a spotter. And on this episode, it's part two and my favorite way to spot. Well, this is Chuck, and after what happened last week, Tony won't let me read from the teleprompter anymore. 
<laughs> I'm Tony, and tonight I'm going to talk about the American flag, the good old U.S. of A. And you, you know, it dawned on me, I haven't put a, a USA sticker on the Gladiator yet. I've been so, <gasps> I know, I've been you, so that's focused. That's the very first thing that you yeah, do. I, exactly. Yes. I, I need to order one and get it on there ASAP. The original AMC was red, white, and blue. You're right. If you look right. at the AMC thing, was red, white, and blue. They were all about America. The first vehicle I ever drove uh, regularly was an AMC, uh, not a Pacer, a Gremlin, powdered blue. Can you can you believe it was my Sexy. mom's? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's who. That's getting the girls. Mm-hmm. No, no way. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's this week in Jeep. Well, as I said, Jeep is trademarking things, and they've always trademarked. They're trademarking things all the time. Seriously, at least two or three a year, if not more. It's the public notices of these trademark filings that let lets us in the press corps know what Jeep is up to or what they may be planning. The automaker has thrown a bit of a curveball with this latest filing, but I think I've made hens, uh, you know sense of it all, heads or tails of it all anyways. Jeep's trademark filings aren't always sketches of cool new designs or concepts soon to be seen at the next Easter Jeep Safari that clearly point out the intent and purpose of what you see. If it were only that cool. More often times than not, it's a simple phrase, a single single word or set of words that Jeep wants to use for something specific, and they want to protect this wording as intellectual property. We saw that with the Eco Diesel and Gladiator wording before their releases. More recently, there was also Tomahawk, Road Tripper, and High Tide all leaving the door wide open for interpretation and possible future uses. Like what Jeep did with orange peels, spelled with a Z. That was filed back in early 2020, but wasn't actually used until the concept Jeep was shown at the 2021 Easter Jeep Safari. This week, Jeep may have just let us secretly know that they have a replacement already in the works for when they mothball the Trackhawk badge. Jeep has filed trademark protection for Jeep Extreme Performance, spelled with an X. Those three words, in that order, and their abbreviation, JXP, were both filed at the same time. To date, Jeep and whoever its parent company is at the time currently holds 466 words, names, or phrases under intellectual property protection. If you are morbidly curious like I was, well, we've got the link to all 466 trademarked words in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. Extreme, spelled with an X to let you know it's so hardcore it doesn't have time for correct spelling, (laughs) is already being used in the Jeep lineup. So this is a sign that Jeep is after some sort of branding with this name. After all, Jeep has been using X in one form, form or another for literally decades. The current use for the X is with the Extreme Rubicon trim package introduced for the 2021 model year Wrangler. The roots for the X and Jeep actually go quite go go back quite a number of years though. Historically, the X designation referred to the base model Wrangler. There were two different types of Jeeps that carried the X badge. The first was in the base trim TJ back in 2002, and the Wrangler X also ran in the JK lineup up until about 2009, and when it was replaced by the sport trim in 2010. Since then, the X has only shown up in Easter eggs, like in the reference to the old steel jerry cans carried on the willies that had an X stamped into the side of it. We now see that in the brake light lenses of some Jeeps and in other places. Now, of course, Jeep Extreme Performance, or JXP, may end up being introduced as a performance package, perhaps only on the Grand Cherokee, perhaps available for all Jeeps. Who knows? Jeep hasn't ruled out launching a successor to the previous Hellcat-powered Grand Cherokee Trackhawk, though the automaker has hinted that any future performance Grand Cherokees will likely skip the V8 in favor of an electrified powertrain or possibly the new twin-turbo inline-six. 
Perhaps a name, name change is planned along with a change in powertrain. It would make all make sense, right? Delantis's new twin, twin turbocharged 3-liter inline-six is already confirmed to deliver more than 500 horsepower. Paired with an electric drive system, we could be looking at performance to match the 707 horsepower of the Hellcat supercharged 6.2-liter V8. The twin-turbo engine, dubbed the Hurricane, at present is only confirmed for Jeep's Grand Wagoneer, which we should see as an option at some point in the fourth quarter of 2022. Hmm. Very interesting. So, Josh, correct, correct me on this. Um, tornadoes suck and hurricanes blow. <laughs> correct? <laughs> well, uh, it, it's, it's a kind of the aspiration that is attached to those names. In this case, um, now there are going to be three different uh, variations of the, uh, of the hurricane. Uh, and only the twin turbo engine is the one that's getting the most uh, news because it's the most sensational because it has the biggest numbers and all of that. Uh, the rumors are that there is going to be a naturally aspirated inline six version of this, uh, you know, of that power plant. Um, what its numbers are and which vehicle it might be slated for is all entirely up in the air. Uh, but as it is, uh, you know, the, the blowing and the sucking, at least, uh, is going to be limited to whatever turbos they bolt onto these things. So they couldn't have come up with five categories for the Hurricane engine? I mean, come on. It writes itself. Category five. This <laughs> oh, is a category one. Yeah, category you know, you three. don't get a lot of horsepower like and torque from the Cat no, 1. No, in, in one. You watch. You know, somebody at Jeep is listening to this show. I hope so. Uh, under duress, I'm sure. No, but listening no. to the show, are they're going to... The they're going to come up with something like that. <laughs> it's it's going to be aftermarket, and somebody's yep. going to come up with with a tuner or a performance mm -hmm. package of accessories or something that you could bolt onto that engine uh, to to you know overdrive it or get some more HP out of the thing or maybe even some more torque too. Um, and and I could see that coming in uh, in in in, the, in that kind of uh, in that yeah. kind of a standard setting, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, and calling I, it a like a Cat Five, and that would be the top of the. And, right. and, all, cat three and all of the hurricane engines should have a female name like they used to do it back in the <laughs> 60s and 70s, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so help me out, Josh, because I have a hard time keeping up with you because you're a hell of a lot faster than I am. So is Jeep going to make a said. hurricane inline again? Because they yeah, used to do that, right, back in the Willys it, and Kaiser. Exactly. It is. It's already more or less designed, engineered, and being fabricated. So so it's just another renaming of shit that they've used to done <laughs> back in the day. Well, this right? is I mean, because the hurricane, the hurricane inline six was a big thing because they put them in the J10s and the, in the J15s, and they were like the oh my god, you had the hurricane inline six instead of just the the regular inline six, right? It's just, it's just a, it, it's just another the, thingy that they're doing again, right? Well, that, that that's that's pretty much. Though. That's pretty much what Jeep has been doing for the last oh. 10 years, is regurgitating name, uh, name badges. So, I mean, it's, it's, it up. it's sort of more of the same of what we've seen over the last 10 years, with, with Jeep not really having anything original or too afraid to use original name badging. So they, 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 they rest on their laurels of, well, hey, we've got all this heritage and all these names that we've already used that are already attached to the company and we already have intellectual protection for. Well, we'll just pull a name out of the hat and attach it to this new project that we're doing right. and, so, you know, screw everybody else. We, we, bought, we bought this company from that other company that bought it from another company <laughs> that was pretty badass. So we're going to also right. be badass like those guys three or four <laughs> generations ago. And we're just going to rename the, I don't know, the Willie CJ2A. 
fuck it like, <laughs> let's just keep going right? well you know the, ma- the majority of the consumers out there jeep consumers out there don't know a lot about the jeep history no and I, they right. don't and i think jeep is banking on that because they right. they know they've heard uh what was the scrambler for example they 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 know they've right. heard the scrambler or uh the renegade that's the one i was trying to think of that people know about yes. the renegade because it's legendary so hey let's bring it's out a, a new package yeah and let's the bring it was a trim ex- package. Exactly. All, all the renegade was, was all the fancy stuff inside of a regular cj it was just a trim pack that's all it was yeah but i yeah. mean that that name recognition they can bring and the the uninformed consumers go oh renegade i yeah the, i remember my dad or my granddad talking about a renegade now i can get one a brand new one this is great and they they don't do they don't know so it's this name recognition that jeep is banking on terrible it's business yeah, we we've we've had a a long standing opinion of of their naming conventions over the last decade but uh but i digress we're mainly uh, so, pissed off because they didn't name the Gladiator Scrambler like we were predicting. Amen. <laughs> because it should have been. It's the four-door Scrambler, for Christ's sake. I yeah. mean, why they yeah. named it after a pickup truck with a different bed from the cab, it's just, it blows my mind. No, 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 no. Damn it. <laughs> well, here's something I think we can all get behind, and, and that's the Jeep Wrangler plug-in hybrid just outsold all of Toyota's plug-ins combined. Oh, oh no surprise. God. That's awesome. So if if you're that a diehard Prius fan, <laughs> yeah. If if you're a diehard Prius fan, then it will likely surprise you to learn that the best-selling plug-in hybrid vehicle in America is of all things a Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. And I'd be just as surprised to learn that a diehard Prius fan listens to this show. But you know, yeah. regardless, the burly boxy SUV I, engineered I, for hardcore off-road driving is once again outselling any and every other hybrid on the market. There are, of course, other seemingly more likely contenders like the Toyota RAV4 Prime, admittedly doing quite well for itself in the family-friendly crossover segment, and of course the former throne holder, the Toyota Prius Prime. But the Wrangler 4XE is the plug-in hybrid sales leader by a gigantic margin right now. I mean, it's not even close. In the first half, in the first half of 2022, the Jeep plug-in outsold the next most popular plug-in hybrid, the Toyota RAV4 Prime, by almost double. Wow. Toyota reported that it sold only 10,153 units of its plug-in hybrid SUV in the first six months of 2022, compared to nearly 20,000 plug-in hybrid Wranglers. In fact, the Wrangler 4XE alone outsold all of the Toyota and the Lexus plug-in hybrid models combined. And for those of you who don't know, Lexus is basically just rebranded Toyotas, but they're more luxury line. Now, this is despite the fact that Toyota, which introduced the hybrid Prius to the U.S. in 2001, is a brand that is almost synonymous with hybrids. Keep in mind, plug-in hybrids make up only a very tiny slice of the U.S. car market. In the last quarter of 2021, plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, or PHEVs, made up just 1.4% of all passenger vehicles sold in America. That's less than half the market share for fully electric vehicles and about one quarter the share for non-plug-in hybrids, which represented only 6.1% of all vehicles sold here in the U.S., according to the U.S. government's Energy Information Administration, at least. Now, the the Wrangler 4XE's market dominance may have a lot to do with sheer availability, though. Stellantis, Jeep's parent company, is just producing a lot more of them than Toyota is of its plug-in hybrids. Also, as an off-road capable plug-in hybrid, the Wrangler 4XE has no real direct competitors in the market today. 
Despite what you may hear on the radio, see on TV, or are being brainwashed to believe, even the top leaders of both Toyota and Stellantis have repeatedly expressed skepticism of automakers going all-electric as a way to curb global warming. But it seems only the Jeep Talk Show and a couple of other fringe outlets are the only ones bothering to mention this. Now, even the presidents of the companies selling these vehicles, and who stand to make or lose the most money, have all said it makes more sense to give customers a range of options, including gasoline, diesel, and hybrids, since not all customers can use or even want fully electric vehicles. Now, despite the good news of Jeep once again beating the pants off of uh, Toyota as far as the best-selling hybrid in America, Jim Morrison, head of the Jeep brand for North America, has not said when or if Jeep will ever make the move to fully electrify its entire lineup. Good. <laughs> yes. I wonder if it's the tax ramifications of buying the Jeep thingy that that's why people bought it. Weren't people getting like seventy five hundred dollars a Jeep? Oh yeah, if that's they true. Yeah. It? But that, but and that's for the Prius as well, right? Prius. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think it's for yeah. all plug-in hybrids. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Uh, yeah, seventy five hundred dollars. No matter specific. what, piece yeah. of shit car you bought, it, it was you got seventy five hundred dollars for. No matter which one you bought, you I mean, got it back. I mean, I got a battery. I got two batteries, actually, and the Gladiator. Shouldn't I be getting $7,500 back? <laughs> I well, you know what? I, I'm just going to say from a, a teaching standpoint and working with people that have the Forexy and bring it, it's actually quite impressive, I have to say. And that load, that torque, when you're in the in the electric yeah. side, I'm it, telling you what, it is amazing. It, but It is the best three miles body. of your life. That's right. <laughs> but it's it but i think that's part of the allure is that a lot of people that were teaching and you know meeting at different events and things maybe it's their second vehicle and they're using it as well, it i'm going to use this as it? my as my computer as my commuter car and then i can still go off road with it so that could be also why there's bigger sales but well, well that's, I think that's pretty much what you have to do with electric vehicle these days is it, it can't be your primary vehicle because it doesn't have the freaking range yeah but wait a minute, Wendy, I thought you and I just talked about the last show that you were saying that they could not actually wheel. They couldn't actually make the, the terrain necessary to make them a good wheeling vehicle. No, we did. We were talking about the Rubicon it? and it wasn't. Yeah. Remember, it was they were touting which model was it, Josh, last last week? Oh, no, it was the Grand Cherokee 4XE, right. I think is. Yeah. What they were saying it had had completely navigated the Rubicon, and and we were talking about yeah, you know, if it took all the bypasses and there's no way it, it could have made yeah, the Rubicon. No is what we were saying. Done like, yeah, yeah, sluice or yeah. or any of the you know, the big yeah. uh, big boulder fields or anything like that. No, so. I you know what, Chuck, I've done some things with some of my students and talked about them on the show, and we were actually impressed by the the capability of that 4XE, and it's quiet too. It's kind of weird. Is you can't tell that the engine's on, but no, climbing and doing rocks is pretty interesting with it. So, let me. Uh, I just wonder what the longevity of that that uh, that battery is. You know, yeah. I, mean, I I understand technology is. It's like cell phones, right? I mean, you, know, you right. have to start somewhere, but I think pushing it the way that they are, I think it's absolutely retardation at its finest because it's just mm -hmm. not there. I, I really do not think it's there, and I really don't think that they're they're a cost effective way. To help the you know environment or whatever you know I mean no, call me a red or whatever there. I just I just don't think it's I don't think they're there yet oh, really screw the environment I want something that is good something that's better than what I already have 
that's whenever that you should have an electric vehicle is whenever it's better than what's already there or at Correct. least as good as then this is the problem the government shouldn't be having to to do all this crap to get people to buy electric vehicles just let the the, the companies uh build incentivize them to come out with a better product it's it's just too soon it's going to be it, it'll be a reality but it's not it's just too soon tammy the i mean tammy. wendy let me ask you something real quick uh, yeah. you, you mentioned you're talking about your friends and stuff. I've been meaning to ask you. Uh, I do not remember the lady's name that was injured out on the trail. Becky. Yeah. How's she doing? Good. She's doing really good. Excellent. Survived and surviving. Yeah. So. Was it 100% recovery? Pretty much. Good. Excellent. Sur- surprisingly, Just yes. Out of curiosity, what in this conversation of hybrids made you think of her? <laughs> Exactly, because there was none I mean, on that. She was talking about talking about her talking about her friends uh, out on the trail with the like well, the four XEs and stuff. And students, the, uh, yeah, yeah, students that come in. But um, something that's happening here in California that you guys may not be aware of is there uh, people are complaining who have some kind of a hybrid that there's no plugins, and now in all the locations they're charging for the plugin, oh, which you knew I'll was going to happen. There. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charging for charging. It's a double charge. Almost, charging. I almost took a picture of of there's a there's a grocery store um, nearby where I work, and I, I pop in there every now and again to grab you know big things of water for the shop. And uh, um, there's this area where it's nothing but charging stations, and there's like seven, eight, nine, ten uh, the Tesla specific charging stations in one area, and directly across from that are these other more universal charging stations i'm gonna i'm gonna say and there's there's probably <laughs> 20 of clamps them. There's, <laughs> there's there's probably there's probably 20 of them in this in this whole corner of the parking lot not a single one of them being used and, and I'm, I'm in i'm in that i'm in that parking lot once a week at the very least never ever is there a car plugged into those damn things because they're probably you have to pay yeah you, you, you have to understand that Every time that they put one of those things in, either they own the land or they have to rent it. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the times what we're finding out is that the, the you know, we'll just say Tesla or Prius or whatever, they, they put this infrastructure in and then they don't pay rent. And then that individual, they, you know, we'll just say that the gas station, the, you know, the, the owner of the gas station, you know, they rented out this little lot for, you know, Tesla or whoever, and they're supposed to get so much money in a month. And, of course, no one's going to them because they're in areas that mostly don't get used they right. just don't pay that gas station owner right i mean it's it's real estate i mean it's just so real estate one on one they get to repo the rest the charging stations or you know repo the they're, charging they're stations is that they're they're closing them down they're covering oh. them up and why well, you can't use it so yeah. now that now now they have the infrastructure out there and they're just saying you can't use it because they're not paying the rent right i mean you, well, just, you can't own that land. i mean you, you can't do that yeah. right yeah. Well, here's the other thing happening here in Southern California is that if you rent a house and you have this electric vehicle and you plug it in, let's say part of your rent included your utilities, the utilities for electricity are going through the roof where it might have been 100 or 150 a month is now 600. And so so people are getting booted out of those rentals because the homeowners are like, we can't do this anymore. Sorry. You know, you're out. So they're not ready. The infrastructure is not there. It's There's no facilities. People are getting frustrated and you know it's funny to see some of the things that you see about people being angry why aren't there there centers for me to charge how come i have to pay for it (laughs) hello you have to pay for gasoline too because this is the real world 
Yeah, get a job. Eventually, it's going to get there, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, eventually, it's going to get there. Yes, battery power is going to get there. It's just like cell phone usage, right? So when the cell phone thing came out, the government didn't go out to everybody and says, hey, you've got to replace your landline with the cell phone. That would be dumb, right? What happened is natural progression is cell phone coverage got better and better and better, and everyone naturally went to that. Right. And that's how this damn battery-powered car thing. Like, look, man, I would love a Tesla. They are sexy cars. Yeah, are. I like getting it. I, my wife and I went to one uh, about two or three years ago, and I was like, oh, honey, absolutely. And then we bought an F-150, <laughs> right? Because we're like, okay. <laughs> you know, I live 30-something miles from town. I can get halfway yes. there, you know. It's just, not, it's just not there yet. But eventually, it's going to, right? Down 70 and down 80. Absolutely, Tesla is increasing their infrastructure. But the government coming in and saying, hey, you have to do this, no, go F yourself, man. You don't tell yeah, me what to do. That's the problem. Eventually, we're going to do it. And I think that, that, that so when that I day comes, pay taxes, you will... I'm a God-fearing man. I'm a... Yeah, you know, I, think I mean, when fuck that, off, when man. Day, like, just let me do my here, thing. Yeah, when that day is here and, and electrification makes sense, you're going to know it because there won't be any yes. incentives. It's going to be one of these things where you're not going to have to tie the pork chip or, uh, pork chop around the ugly kid's neck to make the dog play with it anymore. You know, it's, it's <laughs> right because that's what this that's is. A that's a great what's going reference. On. That's yeah, exactly what is happening right now. Nobody wants electric vehicles, and the only reason that people are buying them, and I would say about half the reason why people are are, are, are buying these things, is because of the tax incentive. Sure, and and, and so it's just bullied. like yeah, and, and, and so it's like <laughs> if it weren't for those. These things, the free market would have pushed the pushed the, the this hybrid craze, I think, to the wayside well, a long no, time ago. No, they would be that. They would be there, but they would be very few of them. Hey, Josh, I had a, a horrible thought. You were talking about all the chargers that were empty. How, yeah, how yeah. long is it going to be before they make some of those handicap uh, charger areas? <laughs> you know, so they could be really empty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I apologize in advance uh, for Chuck making me say something about the handicap people. Yeah, right. <laughs> really? <laughs> Damn it. Chuck's like, I don't need any help. I can screw up on my own. <laughs> oh, my Thank gosh. you. Everyone's like, who's this new guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know what you have to say, Jeeper. You can do it by phone or by email. Any number of ways to reach out to the Jeep Talk Show and let us know what you have to say. You got a response to one of these news stories or anything that you've heard on the show? Reach out to us. You can do it by going to Jeep Talk Show dot com slash contact there you will find all the different ways you can interact with the show you're listening to a 4x4 radio network podcast yeah we've got something for all kinds of uh, off-roaders over at the 4x4 radio network.com uh, for something for every kind of uh, flavor of, of wheeler if you will the on the trail podcast trail chasers the center steer podcast the 4x4 podcast of course the jeep talk show is there there's lots of great off-road shows it's all in one place it's all for free and it's all at 4x4radionetwork.com that's the number four the letter x and radionetwork.com we'll see you there tell me it's me dr out here in utah and i uh i need some grill inserts and uh, I, I think that uh, the 30 acres once would be really good. Uh, so uh, here we go with the phrase that pays and see if I can get it right. Uh, 30 acres, best in the biz. I hope I got that right. Uh, anyway, um, 
technology challenge again. Still trying to get a picture off to you about what I bought on the damn uh, Rock Auto giveaway. Uh, it's, it's a radiator, and of course, I'd get the coolant tank to go with it just because. Uh, but I got a picture of the bill, and as soon as I can figure out how to put the damn thing on that Instagram, it'll be on there. Uh, I've been trying for four days to figure out how to do the damn thing. <laughs> anyway, love the show. You guys are great. And uh, uh, I can't say I get all my technology from you because I think I don't know where the hell I get it because I don't have it. I try. I try. That's all I can do. I uh, hope you have a great day. Talk to you later. DR, we're going to get our new uh, technical coordinator to give you a call, Chuck, and he will help assist you with that uh, technical yeah. knowledge <laughs> and to get that taken care of for you. First, so first things first, turn the finger off. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I, I was, was the only monitor. guy, he's the only guy I know who's got a metronome on his dash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's called the eventual turn. Leave him alone. Eventually, he's going to turn. It helps the lot lizards keep their time. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot that he changed uh, he changed lanes back when he was calling the Jeep Talk Show. And <laughs> yeah, he got distracted. He was just so excited about calling in. Love it. I just, no, hope, it, I just, right. it, I just hope it was a right turn signal, not a left. <laughs> totally fine. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! It's time for Newbie Nuggets. Well, in last week's episode, we discussed using a spotter, their role, and verbal commands along with some do's and don'ts on your part. This week, I continue with non-verbal commands in spotting, or also referred to as hand signals. Now, these tend to help the driver keep their eyes on the spotter and pay attention versus only listening and maybe looking out their driver window. The command should be easy to understand and obvious. In other words, make the hand gesture simple, but large and not obscured by clothing or gloves. I learned that on a really cold day, and the gloves I had on were black. My jacket was black, and the driver couldn't see my hand signals as easily. Once I removed the gloves and got my hands away from my body, no problem. At least not for the driver. My cold fingers, on the other hand, different story. Now, some common nonverbal hand signals would be pointing left. That's using your finger to point left uh, for the driver to turn right. Pointing right, meaning you're taking your finger, pointing it right for the driver to turn left. Uh, maybe there's a come forward command where your hands will be up with the palms facing the spotter and come forward motion. Going back, maybe for a reverse situation, your palms would be facing the driver held out with a pushing motion. Now, climbing up or down a rock, I like this one. The spotter usually will point to the tire and use their open palm in a rising palm up or lowering palm down motion to indicate that the tire is about to climb up a rock or come down off the rock. Now, that's a good cue for you to make sure that if you're coming down an obstacle, you have your brake on, uh, your foot on your brake so that you're easily coming off of that rock. Now, stop. Again, one of the most important ones. This is with a closed fist. It does mean stop. A closed fist signifies that the driver must not move. This means don't turn the wheel, don't let your foot off the brake, don't put it in park, <clears throat> and don't set the parking brake. The Jeep might move and pinch or trap someone's fingers or worse. This is really important if a Jeep is stuck and people are helping to move rocks under the Jeep. Now, this has happened to me. I was helping to move rocks for a stuck Jeep who Bill had been spotting. Now, Bill had him stop so we could put rocks under his tires. This driver got impatient, put it in park, set the parking brake, and let his foot off the brake, and guess what? The Jeep rolled forward. 
Luckily, I was not injured, but I thought that driver was going to get pulled through his window. Now, Bill is not a violent person, but this guy was an idiot and almost ran me over. That driver got a very quick verbal lesson with words not normally coming from Bill's mouth that stop means stop and don't move. Now, these commands may vary between spotters, so if you aren't sure what something means, ask. The only time I would use verbal commands while using nonverbal is if I needed to explain or talk to the driver. And I would do this to them quietly at their window while they were stopped. Of course, if there is something that could happen and the driver is not stopping, I am not afraid to yell stop very loudly. Again, it doesn't happen very often, but once in a while, um, excitement overcomes the driver and the brain isn't watching me. I really do love nonverbal because it's calm, quiet, and when we roll up to an obstacle and there are other jeepers, we watch what they're doing. And when it's our turn, we simply guide each jeep up and over obstacles with no yelling, no confusion, and the drivers have a great time. The looks on the other jeeps, jeepers' faces is priceless. That happens to be my favorite part, by the way. Being able to get a jeep through with no verbal commands. Now, my absolute favorite way to spot non-verbally is when I have the driver mirror what I'm doing. I learned this technique from Don Alexander. You know, we work together in Trails 411. Now, the spotter holds their hands up as if they were holding the driver's steering wheel with their hands in the 2 o'clock and 10 o'clock position. I literally move my hands as if turning their steering wheel in the direction I want the driver to turn. The driver sees this and applies the same motion. It's amazing to watch this actually work and take some time to get used to, especially for the spotter. The best thing I can say is this mirror image can show small or large movements. Compare that to someone saying, driver, does that mean a tiny turn or a full lock? Now with the mirror image, the spotter is showing you how much to turn. If they move a tiny bit, you move the steering wheel a tiny bit. If it needs to go fall lock, then you go full lock. Visually, it's the best in my opinion. If you're being spotted by a nonverbal commands and they use this mirror image, it's important to mirror the exact movement the spotter is asking of you. If it's tiny, move tiny bit and stay there. I see this sometimes after directing a driver to turn the wheel. I have to let go of their wheel, straighten my hands and give them the move forward motion with our fingers or hands. The driver typically straightens the wheel and puts the wheel back where they started. Now, it's normal to want to return to the starting point. When then explained that I, that I need them to leave the wheel where we left them until they give them another steering direction, they simply get it. We're just trying to get them to move forward with the steering wheel in the position we left them in. Once the driver feels comfortable with what I'm asking or showing, it is seamless. Now, visibility of the spotter is also very important, no matter which commands you're getting. It's vital for the driver to see the spotter clearly at all times and for the spotter to clearly see the driver. The spotter may need to adjust their position so that you can see them. If you can't see them, speak up. Sometimes the Jeep may be in a climbing position and the spotter needs to get to a higher position so that you, the driver, can see them or coming down off the obstacle. The spotter may need to adjust lower down so that you, you the driver, can see, the, see them as well. Now, when you're driving, if you can't see your spotter, ask them to move so you can see them. Now, as a newbie driver, I am always suggesting you get out and look at the obstacle for yourself before driving through it. Watch other drivers go through and watch how that spotter is getting them through. You will also note if they're using verbal or nonverbal commands. If you watch others and you aren't quite sure what form the spotter's using, just ask. Don't be afraid to get some clarification. 
This is your chance to learn and experience what your Jeep can do over obstacles. Once you start driving over obstacles, you will love the exhilaration of accomplishing that obstacle. Using a spotter in the beginning is beneficial to learning what your Jeep is capable of and how it feels. And by the way, using a spotter is a badge of honor. It means you tackled a tough obstacle, whether it's your first time or you're an experienced driver. Having an extra set of eyes is so powerful. Don't be afraid to use a spotter. That goes for all you experienced drivers, too. Well, next week, I'll finish this series with how to pick your line. So, guys, do you have any additions to nonverbal commands? Yeah, only when it, um, uh, you know, it comes into, you know, when you're, you're like standing in the sun. I mean, you, you've, you've mentioned, you oh, know, sort of, uh, you know, as yeah. if a Jeep is in a climbing position and whatnot. I mean, and generally, more oftentimes than not, this spotter mm -hmm. is in front of the Jeep, whether that Jeep Correct. is going uphill or going downhill. Uh, the, the spotter is sort of in the path of travel, more or mm -hmm. less. Now, when that path of travel is pointing west, uphill, and it's like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> yeah, sometimes there's an it's issue. a big ball of fire in the sky that just blinds <laughs> everybody. And, and all you can see is a black spot on top of that rock, and they're kind of sort of pointing in one direction or another. You can't tell. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's engine noise, and maybe there's rain, or there's... Uh, there's wind or something like that. You can't hear commands. And, right. and so this is when, you know, very exaggerated hand commands will come into play. And, and, and that, that you're, you're sort of touching on that a little bit, but it's that, it's that nature blinding you uh, mm -hmm. thing has come into play a lot out here in the Northwest. I, I would imagine that maybe even sometimes there in Southern California too. Absolutely. You, yep. You've got a lot of sunshine down there as well. So, um, it's just one of those things you got you got to take into consideration is is that yeah you might have you might be able to see them very well but what's behind you is it the mm -hmm. sun they may not be able to see you if so yeah and here's another one when you wheel at night um, which a brand newbie may not want to take that chance but that's an awesome thing to do but yeah, right. when I'm spotting I have to have the jeeper turn off their headlights <laughs> yeah because well, they yeah. can see me yeah. they can see me clearly. But I can't see if they're looking or if they're seeing my command, right? So, uh, yeah. Go ahead, what, Chuck? Yeah, where the front tires are, right? If their headlights yeah. are so bright, you can't spot them because you can't see what the hell they're doing. Right? Do you yeah. like yeah. Uh, the rock crawling lights, uh, Wendy? Does that help you? They do help, and if they take, mm -hmm. if they turn off those headlights, it does help. At least lets me see that the All tire is moving. Right. Especially if I'm trying to line them up and that back end is not quite right, then I need to make sure those rear tires are following where that where I want that them to go. Um, yeah, they they do help, but sometimes it's a matter of having a bystander with a flashlight, and they just sort of flash I was just down. Ask. I, I can yeah, see you so, out there with uh, well, those minor hats on, uh, so yeah. you can see where the wheels are. And I've actually, I have a flashlight that I can flash down at the lights. I just have to remember not to put it in the, in the driver's eyes because I've done that too. They're like, hey, I can't see. The flashlight's in it's my way. The, <laughs> the headlamp, because I, I, uh, I've got one of those lamps that you just sort of strap on your head. And it's like what yeah. Tony was talking about, one of the minor lights, essentially. Yeah. And I'll look up right into the Jeeper's face <laughs> right. with, you know, like, 1,200 ah, lumens yeah. right it's, in both eyeballs. It's great because you can see who you're talking to, yeah? <laughs> yeah, but that's not going to be helpful. So, Wendy, so. I can't, I, I got to tell you, I really uh, in, learned something from your segment here tonight because for years, my wife has been trying to spot me with her brake, the foot on the, the, the floor using the fake brake, and I just have mm -hmm. been not paying attention to her spotting <laughs> the entire time. So, yeah, I understand why she's gotten so frustrated. And, you know, if I got her on the show, she might be saying some other things, too, huh, Tony? Oh, <laughs> yes. You know, Wendy, there's one other, thing I, 
But there's one other thing I wanted to touch on, and, and that was um, a, a term that you used as far as using a spotter, especially when you're when you're a newbie driver, um, is uh, is learning how it feels, mm-hmm. and, and sort of um, th- that is one thing that is invaluable for learning your where your boundaries are, where the vehicle's capabilities start to degrade, or where your own uh, uh, driver abilities start to break down. Um, you you got to push those boundaries constantly. Uh, as a jeeper and, and, and being off-road. I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is a sport. And to get better at any sport requires practice and requires you to push your boundaries to learn just how far you can go and just how capable the vehicle is. If you mm-hmm. don't ever push those boundaries, you don't really ever know what the limit is, how far yep. you can go, how good this Jeep really is, how capable it really is. And, and so it's so invaluable for newer drivers using that spotter, getting them to get you sort of out of your comfort zone a little bit and tackling a line that you wouldn't ordinarily or have otherwise taken and getting Mm -hmm. through that. Now you know, well, geez, I I thought I was going to tip over there. No, none of the tires ever left the ground. Boy, I thought I was going to land up on my side. Well, you know, that's called off-camber and, and you know, your Jeep is capable of doing that. I never thought of it. And so, you know, these kinds of things are imperative to learning how to wheel and I mean, you can get out there and you can do it yourself and seat time is, is certainly everything, but, but pushing those boundaries and learning where your, your vehicle's limits are and your own driving uh, abilities are, um, is really crucial to, to really getting the most out of this sport. Well, and that's part of also being a really good spotter or a mentor, as we've talked about in previous mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. You know, when, when you're first talking to somebody, you can easily see that maybe they're afraid or they aren't sure or they don't understand and comprehend how that Jeep's going to work. And I think that is also part of our job as a mentor when we're working with somebody and trying to help them. And if you're going to be a spotter is giving them that confidence and just sharing that, that listen, your Jeep is capable, you know, now let's get you capable, you know, and I think well, that's, that's part of the deal. Instilling mm-hmm. confidence. You hit it right mm-hmm. on the head. Yep. So, yeah, that's, that's one of the things I was going to ask Wendy that, and Josh actually beat me to the punch and he, I think his, his, um, his answer, uh, he had, he answered my question before I even asked this. How are these guys actually learning if you dictate everything that they're doing, right? Because, I, I mean, I grew up in the early onslaught, you know, uh, uh, of this sport where there was no spotters. There was no, nothing. You just went out there with dad and you either made sure. it or you broke it, you know. So, it's like, okay, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, wow, this is all very new to me. And there's probably a lot of listeners that are going, oh, this is unnecessary, but I, I really want want would wanted you to elaborate, like how is this getting other people to learn how to wheel? And I think Josh said it. You know, you're you're just helping them one step at a time, maybe. Yeah, you know, I mean, can you can you elaborate more on that? Because for well, me, listening to it, I'm like, wow. I mean, I would never like just go, okay, you're going to turn your wheel, you know, this far, this far, this far to somebody that I've never met. I mean, that's scary to me, right? I, well, like, so how do you do what that? happens a lot of time for newbies is they get into a, a group run or they're joining a club and they're going out and they're experiencing because they don't really know anybody in the Jeep world. And that is something we recommend is that you need to find other people to, to wheel with. Out here in Southern California, a lot of our trails, obviously we have three or four different levels. A lot of them require at some point you got to go over some kind of an obstacle, whether you're traversing something like a, uh, a V-notch that's pretty technical or you're climbing over rocks the size of Volkswagens, depending on what you're going to be doing. And I realize a newbie may not be doing that, but sometimes they do come. They come with their Jeep fully set up. They paid for it, whatever. So what happens is when you are usually you help that person through. So part of the mentoring is that 
you realize that this person's not been on this trail before, they maybe haven't wheeled a lot in their Jeep, by me helping them and giving them techniques and helping them through an obstacle that builds the confidence, Chuck, like you cannot believe. Now they're saying, right. oh my gosh, I can't believe my Jeep did that. Now I can do X. Uh, maybe they'll go and, and try something else different. Maybe they'll start at a basic level and have that sort of person guiding them. So it's it's more about that first time driver, or maybe it's the wife or right. significant other sitting in that passenger side that's been watching for years, has more experience than they think they know, but they've never driven. So I think right. it just helps if yeah. you can help cool. spot them through. Just helps. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's got to be different being, you know, having a vehicle because nowadays, I mean, there you can just go online and you can buy everything. You can have an amazingly built Jeep over the counter. Oh, yeah. You get behind the wheel and you're like, oh, okay, so my ability doesn't even, you know, meet 50% of what my rig's ability is. That's got to be a scary deal, right? Where like uh, us older guys, you know, hell, our ability way superseded the vehicle, right? I mean, an old yeah. CJ which can't exactly. even get it out of its own way 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty neat. I, I, I Thank you very much for kind of explaining that to me because it's it's just so foreign to go, okay, you know, it, you have to have a spotter or not not have to, but you understand what I'm trying to say or yeah, a mentor or anything. Are, yeah. Very there, There's yeah. a lot of trails out here that you have to have a spotter. <laughs> I mean, yes, can you do it yourself? Sure, if you have lots of experience. Like, you have right. a lot of experience. Joss has a lot of experience. You guys would try a, an obstacle without what a spotter. Me? And And then there's Tony. And then and then you have... <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly, you know, if, if I'm spotting and you say, hey, let me try it right. without you, go for it. But I'm there to help get you out if something doesn't go right. Right. Um, and, and I think that's yep. what's cool about new drivers is that you... we It's our part of our responsibility, I think, as Jeepers... Is to help somebody. I mean, there's people who buy these Jeeps or get used or new, and then all of a sudden, they are they don't even know how to put it in four low. They don't even know what lockers are, how to, how right. to disconnect their sway bars, or, or if they even have, have them. Built it. Right, right. Yeah. So, so I, that's, that's kind of what we do. So I think the other thing that you may not realize, Chuck, is there's a, a lot of people out there aren't naturally aggressive. Uh, I am naturally aggressive. I, I suspect you are. I think uh, Josh is too. Um, and, and I think Wendy is to a certain degree. Um, but uh, there's other people out there that are, are very, they want to be involved in things, but they're concerned about if they'll be able to do it or not, not just, well, screw it. Let's see what happens. Right. And, and I think yeah. that, that what the spotter and what Wendy does helps those people. Uh, I get, what, how, how does the phrase go? It, it uh, illuminates their inner uh, badass. So well, it happened to you, Tony. Yeah. I mean, we 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 put you on, you know, a black diamond, um, and we got you through it. Yeah, but I wasn't we concerned at any time. <laughs> no, but at the same time, uh, but I was you, amazed you know, how like, simple it was. Yes, Raise your ponytail and just send a Wendy. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, and, 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 and by the way, I've said this a number of times. I haven't said it recently. Wendy did a great job, uh, and uh, I had to holler back at her. She goes, "Keep turning, keep turning." I said, "It won't go any further." <laughs> You know, I'd like to turn it more, but that's as far as I'm going to go. I wasn't used to front lockers either, so. Correct. So, mm. Well, do you have a topic or suggestion yeah. for newbie nuggets? I would love to hear from you. You can always find me on your YouTube channel at Trails411. Lots of great content with tips and tricks. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is that why you are here? Gladiator. 
All right, so switching gears a little bit here. Oh, see what I did there? Switching gears a little bit here on the Gladiator segment. Uh, Very good. <laughs> we're here. I'm going to talk about the American flag. I, uh, I was watching the, the Tic Tac the other day, and uh, there was a lady that had moved from uh, your area of the woods, uh, Josh, to Texas. She uh, came from uh, the Northwest. I don't know if it was Oregon or not. Anyway, she was uh, asking a question, and, and I, 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 I suspect she's uh, like a kinsman uh, from uh, uh, your mindset from that area. But anyway, she said that uh, they got to Texas, and they put up their American flag, and it's been up since they got there. And she was confused, and she was asking other Texans about, do you only put out your American flag like on special events, like July 4th and that type of thing? Because their neighbor uh, put up their flag on July 4th and then took it down and hasn't been back up. So so I I gave her a little advice on what I think about it. Now, I'm really old school, and in the Boy Scouts, they they taught us that you were supposed to respect the flag. And leaving it out at night... was not respectful, leaving it out when it's raining. What's that, Chuck? Unless you have a light on it. You can have a light on the flag in the middle of the night. That's totally fine. And that's that's lawful. And then the, well, I, I, and actually, I was surprised to find out that those laws uh, aren't in effect any longer. Uh, at least in Texas, they're not. Uh, because wow. you can put your flag out and just leave it out there till it's a raggedy old mess and then d- disintegrates. Hmm. Uh, but uh, so I told her, I said, well, I didn't I didn't bring up the law to it. I was just letting her know what I did and I didn't want to sound real judgy. Uh, but I said, I don't leave the flag out at night and uh, I don't leave it out when it's raining. Now, we don't get any snow or ice here, but if we did, I'd bring it in for that as well. So uh, yes. it gets it gets brought in every night. And I don't always put it up. Uh, I, I forget, but I have it set uh, out of the closet so I'll see it and, and think about it. And uh, so uh, I just thought I would mention this on uh, the show tonight in just in case that there was some other people that might have some some differing opinions or some some information that that I wasn't aware of. Uh, I did a quick uh, look up while before the show, and uh, this is what I found. The flag should never be displayed with a union down. And I, I believe that's the the stars and blue part. Uh, except as a signal of dire distress in, or in instances of extreme danger to life or property. The flag should never touch Correct. anything beneath it, such as the ground, the floor, water, or merchandise. Correct. The flag should never be carried flat or horizontally, but always aloft and free. I like that one. Mm-hmm. What about, what about yes. folded? So you're not... Sp- well, that's different. That's, that's completely different. different. Okay. Yes. The flag should never be used for wearing apparel, bedding, or drapery. I thought that was very interesting. I hate that. Yep. Preach it. So, uh, the things that, that I didn't read, but I just dislike personally, is any American flag that has been discolored or maybe grayed out and then have a line that is highlighted, like the blue line or the red line. Uh, I was talking to Chuck about this earlier. And I support the police. I support support fire, military, the whole thing. But I do mm-hmm. not support yes. a flag that is anything other than the red, white, and blue. Now, I know that the military uh, uses non-red, white, and blue on their uniforms, but I think that's to help keep them from getting killed, but still represent the... Uh, the that's, American- that's an IR. That's an They gave it to us so we can be seen at night from our air assets. That's the only reason. All right. 
So, uh, but anyway, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Uh, what do you guys think about, am I being a little too picky about the American flag? I think it's disrespectful to have anything other than the red, white, and blue. And I think that whenever it is tattered and faded, uh, it's being disrespectful to the, to the United States to c- continue flying that flag, replace it with a new one. Yeah, I like all this. We, we've let, replaced oh, multiple oh, of our flags and um, the Boy Scouts at the gun range um, that's locally, they do a whole ceremony to retire the flags. And it's mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. So there's other ways to dispose of them. I mean, that is the way to dispose of them. Sorry. So that's what we do. I forgot about fold, that. Yeah. Fold them up neatly yeah. when they've been tattered even a little bit, replace them and then um, dispose of them properly. Yeah, and, yeah, and disposing of them properly is not that hard of a thing, mm-hmm. right? We we can talk about. I'll, I'll let you go, Josh. I'll, I need to stand back say, on I, this. One it's very, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, yeah, I'm very. I, I think we all have uh, plenty to say on, on this topic. I mean, I personally, I was a Boy Scout as well. Uh, I was taught to respect the flag myself. Um, however, I fly my flag twenty four seven. Um, and we do get snow and ice and, and stuff out here. Um, that flag never touches the ground, no matter what, uh, and is always flying very proud. Um, so whether it be in the middle of the night, uh, middle of a rainstorm, middle of the day, middle of a blazing heat wave, doesn't matter. Still American. Amen. I, I do the same thing, Josh. Now, I, I, I will say that I've got a couple of American flags hanging on the garage wall um, that have been retired. And those those that are are faded and and tattered and torn and and stuff like that. But I I'm not going to throw them away. I understand that the proper way to retire a flag uh, or to dispose of a flag is to burn it. Actually, which it, mm-hmm. it sounds sacrilegious uh, on on its surface, but uh, when done properly uh, and in the right context, that is the proper way to dispose of a flag. I I have cried the hardest. When I have separated the red, the white, the blue, and the stars. Oh, wow. That is, that is the hardest thing. When you, that's the proper way. And any like, longevity Boy Scout that will tell you this is the proper way of doing you. You actually remove the red and the white stripes. You rem- I'm about to get emotional because of my boys that I've lost overseas. I'm a combat veteran, man. This this hits me so hard. And you remove every single star from the field. Wow. And you remember what we fought for. And you actually, in reverence, burn and retire the thing that you fought for. It is incredibly emotional. And I can tell you this, I, I'm actually looking at it right now. I can see my white star in the bottom right corner of my folded flag that I took on over 250 combat missions. I put it in my medic bag. I was a combat medic with the recon scouts. I have it. I can see it right there. The thing has been on five continents with me. I carried my American flag everywhere I went, and I have it. No one signed it. No one did anything crazy because that is my flag. Yeah. And I will carry that to the day I die, and then... The United States government will give my wife and my children another flag in my stead. The American flag shall not be changed. Thin white, blue line. Man, I love you guys. The boys in blue, I love you. Yeah. The boys in red, I love you. You do not change what I fought for. Nope. Not even a little bit. Now, I have an IR flag. I understand what an IR flag is. I carried it on my shoulder. I'm a combat medic. I'm a combat veteran. So if you look at the scrambler, on the driver's side, underneath a lot of stuff is a reverse flag. And that's, that's for 
that's for soldiers, because on the shoulder of a soldier is a reverse flag. And that is to show as we go forward, the flag waves behind us. And that's yes. a very special thing for us. Very, very special. But you don't change what I fought for just because it serves some purpose for you. I understand what we're trying to do for the police. I, I got it, man. I understand what we're trying to do for fill in the blank. We're all Americans. And Josh, I 100% agree with you. Yes, there are some flag Nazis out there that will say, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that horse shit. You love America and you're going to fly your flag proudly. Absolutely yeah. do it. Oh, may yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe you don't have a light on it. I got it, man. Who fucking cares? And if we get out of the bullshit and we actually get back to just being happy that we live in the greatest country in the world, we're going to fly our American flag for all of what I did and all what everybody else did because you appreciate the sacrifices that all of us took. And fucking we A, man. Gladly, gladly fucking gave you, bro. Love every second of every minute that I spent overseas doing what we did because guys like you and Wendy and Tony, you fly my flag. That is what it's all about. That's all Couldn't I have to say about that. Couldn't have said it better myself. I just, I, I, I can, couldn't agree more. I, 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 I gave you a toast right there in the middle of it, man. That's <laughs> like right there. Uh, yeah, I, I got a big two. I, I can't, I can't put. <laughs> anything on top of that that you said it you said it best so the next time uh, you're thinking about uh, flying your flag th th take this into consideration and uh, treat it with a uh, little uh, little respect if uh, if you're not doing so already uh, so uh, i know that we're all very patriotic here and I, I don't think that we talk about that very often on the show not because it's not in fashion it's just simply we all know how we feel about the united states and we have really nothing to gain by saying yay, 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 route, row, row. But after seeing that uh, TikTok video, I thought to myself, there's people out there that don't know. They don't know what they should do with the American flag. They want to fly it, which is great. They're proud to be Americans, which is great. Uh, but uh, I figured uh, throw my two cents worth in as far as uh, what, uh, what I know about the flag and what you should and shouldn't do with it, in my own opinion. Fly it every chance you get. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care about the rules and regulations. You put the American flag on every front doorstep in the United States, and we will take our country back. Period. Yep. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for uh, years now, and I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit you know i didn't think this through this is really a, a bad time to mention this but we now have uh our uh, rat bastard uh, mascot you know the the little logo that we have with the rat bastard um, mm -hmm. and uh, we now have it on american flag that we can uh, sell you and uh get it it's but it's okay it's okay it's for the jeep talk show so you should have just let it slide that went right under the radar 
But I mean, it's not a line; it's a whole logo. I mean, it's it's much fancier than just a blue line. Chuck's like, know. "Oh hell no!" <laughs> Click. Well, I'm out, bro. <laughs> yeah, I gotta so, go now. So I, I no, and I'm never gonna. Pay. No, no, we just have the toe tags and uh, uh, paid. Uh, <laughs> paid subscriptions go over there to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact scroll on down where you see the uh, the paid subscriptions or just look up there at the top where it says store and you can get your uh, toe tags so you can be an infectious agent for the jeep talk show and infect those jeeps and uh, or, uh, <laughs> or or just become a paid subscriber do it today from the mind of Nikki G Hey, this is Nikki G, and I'd like to take a second to welcome Chuck to the show. Welcome, Chuck. And finally, I am no longer the lowest paid employee (laughs) on the Jeep Talk Show payroll. Son of a bitch. And Chuck, we've got a lot of things in common. Uh, You live on a ranch, and uh, I grew up on a dairy farm. Uh Yes, I really know my way around the teat. (laughs) And, uh, And you know your way around, well... Steers. Yes. And since you're new to the show, let me give you a little bit of advice. Uh oh. Oh dear, here it comes. Tony likes his feet rubbed in a clockwise fashion. <laughs> what? While Wendy enjoys her feet rubbed in a counterclockwise fashion. Oh, God, here we go. And no matter how much Josh begs, don't go anywhere near his feet. He has some sort of fungus that scientists are yet to identify. Well, that's not why I'm calling. Course not. I'm calling to ask if you know why the cow crossed the road. Chuckle yeah, to help. get to the other side. Oh. Man, I crack myself up. All right, boys and girls, you have a good one. I'll chat <laughs> you later. Bye. Well, then it sounds like you need to use some bag balm getting those cracks. <laughs> yeah. And, and no matter how tired yeah. you are from a day of wheeling on the second annual Jeep Talk Show off-road event, never, ever pull josh's finger i'm just telling you up front <laughs> wow caller three i don't know if i could make that or not somebody probably had a hundred callers already uh me dr out here in utah that's just up the road from dixie uh less than two hours away anyways uh <laughs> do it in the drive. dirt in dixie that's the way to do it love sand hollow uh, actually got to drive out there. You got to you got to learn the whole story of Sand Hollow. Here we go. It's a lake that they got out there, and uh, it's an underground aquifer. Is what it actually started out as, and uh, they dammed it up, filled it up, and uh, you used to be able to drive out there in the sand on the bottom of the lake. But now you can't because there's water there. But uh, the land all the way around it is great. Uh, as maps off-road can tell you, a lot of people go out there and, and they get stuck. And, of course, that uh, leads them to other places where they get stuck even worse. <laughs> uh, love that area. Favorite place in the world. Used to be Moab. Now it's down there. When it's wintertime. When it's uh, summertime. Geez, just stay where the AC is. Anyway, talk to you later. Does DR have a job? He's a, a truck driver. <laughs> and he's calling while he's driving? I, I think so. It. Yeah, and I think that's why the blinker was on. He was yeah. he, he was keeping people from from going around. <laughs> the blinker was off this time. <laughs>
He must have made the turn, and he's like, I'll call back. It ran out of blinker fluid, so it yeah. stopped on its own. I hate when that happens. <laughs> I got a buddy that lives in St. George. I, I had to look up Sand Hollow Reservoir in Utah. Uh, I didn't realize it was in Utah, and uh, or even where in Utah it was, until I started zooming out in Google. It's just outside of St. George. I got a buddy who lives there. No, I've I got will. a reason to go visit. <laughs> yeah, I, I got family in St. George. I've actually pulled the scrambler out there, and I've wheeled St. George. Oh, wow. It was so hot. It was so hot How that hot the return was line in my pool, it was like 115 degrees. Oh, and that's hot. return because the, the fuel injection, of course, doesn't use the, all the fuel, right? So it mm-hmm. sent it back to the gas. My gas tank's just a little 12-gallon tank in the back. It got so wait, hot wait, wait. that it expanded <laughs> everything. When I, when I opened up the, uh, the fuel cap, it shot it out like 15 feet. It was great. Dang. Everyone at the gas tank. Like what in the actual F? And I was like, ah, it doesn't matter. I'm from Kansas. So we what we really, want. <laughs> really, what you're saying is the Jeep is really enjoying being driven off road. <laughs> yeah, it loved it over there. Yeah, we yanked everything and rebuilt it after that run. Yeah. Well, the Jeep Talk Show is the only off-road podcast giving away just tons of gear on a regular basis too. With four shows a week now coming out, who knows when and on which episode we'll be giving away something, giving something away next. Now, until our next giveaway, we'd like to give a shout-out to some of our more recent winners and the companies who supplied the giveaways. First off, right off the top of the list, it's Genrite with their Matrix taillights. We, uh, Josh Mudman084 was our winner of that. We uh, gave him congratulations, I think, on one of our last two episodes uh, for those Genrite Matrix taillights. Of course, Midland Radios, uh, Midland USA, has given away an MXT 575 50-watt GR, uh, GMRS radio, and Matt W won that one. Uh, Dirty Acres Grill Insert winners. We had uh, Steve G from Indiana winning those. And uh, Dixie Four Wheel Drive hooked us up with some swag bags to give away. DR from Utah got one of those. We heard from him recently on this show. And Looting Lenny from the Discord server, a.k.a. Nick from Ohio. They have both got those Dixie Four Wheel Drive swag bags. So big congratulations to all of our more recent winners. And you yourself could be on our list of winners coming up real soon. You want a chance to uh, get uh, get in on one of our giveaways? We have another one coming up real soon. When's it going to be? Who knows? Sign up for our <laughs> newsletter to get the recent, the most recent information about what we're giving away and when. So just uh, to give, give our uh, vendors a, a thanks for these uh, these great giveaways. Now keep in mind, this is a mixture of... Uh, the uh, the sponsors that are doing regular giveaways uh, on the Jeep Talk Show and uh, uh, interviewees like uh, Dixie Four Wheel Drive that was an interview that uh, came out uh, this uh, this past uh, uh, Thursday and if you haven't listened to that you should you should go listen but uh, you you just won't get the giveaway because those are <laughs> those are already gone out I mean it, it's it's been out for a day and uh, uh, we've already given given those away but anyway genrite.com thank them there just visit their site. Uh, drop them a note whenever you place an order that uh, you uh, really appreciate the, the giveaways and uh, the great interview that uh, Tony did with us. Uh, MidlandUSA.com, <clears throat> DirtyAcres.com, uh, uh, and then DixieFourWheelDrive.com. Visit, let them know that uh, you're, you're there because of the Jeep Talk Show. Alexa, ask the Jeep Talk Show to play the latest episode. Welcome. You can listen to all the episodes of Jeep Talk Show, a Jeep podcast including new episodes, as they are released. For now, you'll start with the most recent episode, but you can change by skipping forward or backward. You can even say how many episodes you'd like to skip. Josh, Wendy, Chuck, do you guys remember uh, Roger from last week and his 6 minute and 14 uh, second uh, voicemail? 
Yes. Very informative. <laughs> Very informative. And uh, boy, he just wanted to share some information with us and uh, love that. Well, we, we heard from Roger again. So uh, sit back, uh, pop open a beverage, and have a listen. The beer is hey, open. this is Roger from Wisconsin. So I just wanted to tell you, Tony, it's no longer called a clutch pedal. It is called a, ant- or a millennial anti-theft device. There you go. And Josh... <laughs> I wanted to let you know that on the, on the, when you guys aired my message, it, I did not use a relay, as you had said. I used a switch. Difference being, obviously, you don't need a switch to run a switch. You need a switch to run a relay. You don't need a switch to run a switch. <laughs> Anyways, you guys have a good day. We'll talk to you later. Bye. This guy. I love how they pick on Josh and not me. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> wow, it's so easy, Josh. <laughs> hey coming up uh next week matt Gudez is oh this is i think it's guys i think uh, chris said guys is how he's pronouncing it let me give me give, let me get a ruling let me phone a friend uh josh Gweets. Gweets. Gweets, Gweets, yeah. Guido. it needs it needs to know in there <laughs> matt Gweets. i'm gonna go with josh uh from camp freedom that's coming up on our next interview episode next week on thursday these day. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is WJ Christopher from the Zoom Room. And I just wanted to call in and say, Tony, you're doing a great job at picking hosts. First, it was Wendy. And now, Chuck. Anybody that doesn't know Chuck outside of the Zoom Room, well, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> just hold you. Hold, hold on to something. Just hold on. Anyway, that's not why I'm calling. Brace yourself. Yes. Because I'm hoping I can give Steve Steve O the nanny nanny boo boo and win the radio from Midland Radio. (laughs) Drive the wave. And well, if I don't win, then Steve O can give me crap in the Zoomer. All right, guys. Catch you later. Bye. So the great thing, you know, I have to edit these things before the show, and I'm listening to this, and I went, oh, man, this is so nice. Chris is saying that if he wins the radio, he's going to give it to Steve-O, because Steve-O wants one of these MXT-575 so bad. And then, no, he said, I'm just going to say na-na-na-boo-boo, <laughs> and I, uh, I lost yeah. it. <laughs> and Josh, Josh doesn't exist. <laughs> just Wendy, Chuck, and Tony. Yeah. Josh, yeah, apparently. No, I, that's I, all right. I, I'm, I'm behind the scenes. That happens. <laughs> I mean, you have the radio voice, but no one can hear you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Going for the Wow. Throat. Already starting a second episode. I, I, I got one of those faces for radio. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great hearing really from you, Chris. It. Hey, Jeeper, don't forget about our Tuesday episodes. You want to talk about being a host here on the show? Well, you could actually... Well, kind of sort of be a host on the show. You can become a part of the show as we record an episode. An entire episode of, well, just you and us. Actually, it's the world's <laughs> biggest roundtable of Jeepers all in one place. It's called the Zoom Room. It's called our roundtable episodes. It's happening every single Tuesday. And if it's Tuesday right now and you're listening to this, well, next too, Tuesday. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> next Tuesday. Save the date. Put it on your calendar. Whatever it takes. Every Tuesday, we're recording an episode live, and you can be a part of it. Join in on the Jeep Talk Show as we record an episode live every single Tuesday. It's the Tuesday's Roundtable episodes. How can you join in? Well, the best way to uh, find out that information is by joining in on our newsletter. That newsletter is chock full of all kinds of information about what's happening on the show, what we have going on, who we're talking to, who we're going to be interviewing, what we're giving away, and when. 
get that inside information about our giveaways and you get your best chance to get some loot. All you got to do is head to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There you're going to find a link to click and sign up for our newsletter. We're not going to sell your information. We send you one email a week and it comes directly from us. No third party, no selling the information, no spam, none of that kind of stuff. jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. That's the only link you need to remember. Well, Jeeper, looks like this episode of the Jeep Talk Show has come to the end of the trail, but we've got another episode coming up right around the bend. Until then, be sure to send your hate mail to Chuck at JeepTalkShow.com. <laughs> and as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Hey, if you're around me long enough, you'll eventually witness me witnessing me talking to myself. Now, don't be alarmed. Even I sometimes need expert advice. Jeez. <laughs> Casting since 2010.